Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. This is Russ Herman from Cloverdale United Reformed Church. I am struggling to fill in for Josh Bales, who normally is out front leading us. He has been away on vacation, hoping that he comes back soon so I can relinquish this role back to him, and I will gladly do so. But I am so thankful that I have just familiar faces and voices in the studio with me that help me out so much. So we have Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church. Good and great to be here, even without Josh. I know, I know. Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. Glad to be here. Thank you. And Vinny Henke from Valley Life Community Church. Hey, guys. You guys are Valley Life Community Church, correct? Or is yep. that not correct? No, Valley Life Community Church. Okay, you nailed okay. It. I, after saying that several days, I'm realizing <laughs> I maybe should confirm that that is truly yeah, you're doing great. the yep. name of the church. Um, we've been dealing. Russ doesn't even know his own website. I have so. no idea. <laughs> That's okay. No yeah. idea what it yeah. is. Yeah. So he just googles. <laughs> it, it comes up when I need it too. And yeah. So we're good. We have been trying to apply gospel truths to an area of life um, that is common to so many of us. Um, the issues of worry and anxieties and fears and doubts. Um, we know God's call upon our life to live a life of faith and trusting in Him, but the the bottom line is so often we struggle with that. Edward Welch writes a little devotional book called "The Small Book for the Anxious Heart," and in that he writes this: Worries can be born in the past, live in the future, and invade the present. They focus our attention on things over which we are relatively powerless. And they take our attention away from the mission that is right in front of us. Stay in the present. Everyone who thinks about stress and worry suggests this. God's word to you say something similar. They invite you back to the present, but they do it in a very personal way. You can turn your attention to the present because your God remembers your past. It is his job to worry about your future, and he will give you the power you need for today. So we want to think about these past, present, future type of, of motif, but especially thinking about how do we live in the present? How do we let the past stay in the past? How do we not think about and worry about the future? How do we stay present? So if somebody has Matthew 6.34, do you guys want to just read that quick a minute? Yeah, I can get it. Uh, this is out of the CSB, Matthew 6.34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will, wor- will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So why are the truths of this verse so important for us as Christians to understand? Well, I think we have to understand something that goes before that verse, that whole context there. You know, first of all, the feelings that we have are a mirror of our heart. You know, we have these, you know, they, they actually show us what we're concerned about. So if, if we are fear, if there are anxieties, um, you know, we ought to ask ourselves, what are we really truly anxious about? And uh, that the context of that passage is saying, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's when it begins to talk about don't be anxious for these things. You know, 
when we're feeling anxious, we ought to ask ourselves, what am I afraid of losing? What am, what am I afraid I'll never get? Um, and you go back to the, where the treasure is. And, and that, so there is something to be said about, you know, um, not being anxious about tomorrow um, and, and taking things day by day, you know, living in the present. But even in the present, I might have certain anxieties. Um, what are they, what, what am I afraid of losing? Well, you know, this is the question I need to ask. Where am, what is my greatest treasure? What, if, what idols have I created that are taking um, my joy and taking my mind and taking me places I shouldn't be going? I think that, that, that question identifies the, the negative aspect of where our mental life is at. I think mm-hmm. we can also add a positive element, and that is what treasures do I have? Mm-hmm. And if we go back a few episodes, we talked about the importance of the scriptures being the centerpiece mm-hmm. and the foundation for our anxieties. Um, when we ask that question, what do I have? Um, it moves us away from that which I'm anxious about missing out on and recounts and it helps me come, become content and, and being still and, and present right now. This whole, this whole passage in, in Matthew 6, beginning with verse uh, 19 and going on through 34, you know, gives us a number of comforting truths. Um, you know, one that um, we're reminded in this passage that the Heavenly Father feeds His creation. Mm-hmm. He, he takes care of it. Um, he, he reminds us that we're even more valuable than all the other things that He's created and, and that He has a plan for our life, you know, the, he, for the whole span of our, our life, you know, so that when we lay up those treasures in heaven, that's, you know, God has a plan for all of our life, not just not just for today, but for tomorrow as well. I think um, a couple of things. One, we could ask the question, well, do we not then think about our future at all? Mm-hmm. And that would be uh, an overreaction to what Jesus mm-hmm. is saying, because Scripture also teaches us to look to the ant, those sluggard. You know, the ants, they gather and they store away for... Mm-hmm when they need it and we're encouraged to you know follow the example of those little insects um but i think what's what's been said here too is is not having these things be our primary focus in life not having them be our aim so that when we're not we're so worried and consumed about getting them which i think is what we see a lot in our culture there's this elevation of material things or even how many likes you get on instagram or tiktok or whatever it is now um it's all of these things can be put on a pedestal and become idols. Because the things that Jesus lists before this verse, I mean, they're not outlandish things. He's saying, don't worry about clothing, you know, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. I mean, those are some basic necessities to be clothed and to eat. And uh, to remember that God is good. He, he knows what we need, and he will take care of us, and he will provide. And to seek first his glory in all things. So we're going to go back and look at... Exodus 16, it's the story of God's provision of manna for his people in the wilderness. So what truths from this account, Exodus 16, provide insights that relate to Matthew 6.34 about not being anxious or not worrying about um, tomorrow for basically the what Matthew 6 is saying is God will take care of you. You don't need mm-hmm. to have anxiety for what lies ahead because God will be with you. So what what Truths from Exodus 16 relate to that, and also living a life of dependence on God's gracious provision. 
In other words, what is manna a symbol of and how can we thousands of years later appropriate this story in our own lives? I think real quick, just some background for those that might be unfamiliar with the, the story or the account is you know, God's people were in the wilderness. They needed food. Uh, God provided miraculously bread that would appear on the ground every morning. As the dew evaporated, it would be on the ground, and he gave instructions to how to collect it. And they were not to keep some for multiple days, except on the sixth day, he would provide more so that they could gather a double portion and not have to work in gathering on the holy day, the seventh day. Um, so there's that's the that's kind of the background of the account here of the the daily manna that was provided. And so, what truths from that passage relate to the Matthew six? Well, in in terms of each day has its own problems. You know, even when we pray the Lord's prayer, we ask the Lord to in our request to give us this day our daily bread. We're we're asking for what we need in the immediate now, rather than you know trying to over anticipate things because we really don't know what's going to come tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to tomorrow. Will, you know, this is why we are taught to pray without ceasing, you know, because tomorrow is going to have its own problems. We're going to realize we're dependent upon God once again every day. We're dependent on him for life and breath and everything. So um, it just keeps us um, keeps us connected to the one who provides for every need. And, and uh, God delights in us asking for the things that he's already determined to provide for us had interesting conversations with some people about they they look into some other person's life and say i i don't know if i would be able to do that so maybe they yeah. came down with a, a significant illness or they they lost somebody a loved one in their life or they're walking through an especially hard or or dark time and somebody will look at that and say well i just don't think i could do that and the reality is well, God hasn't given you the grace to walk a hypothetical road. Mm-hmm. He gives you the grace that is necessary for each of the moments he, he brings us in. And so you, you're possibly yeah. right. You're, you're, right you're right now you couldn't you, do it. You're right. You yeah. couldn't do it. You know, he's, you know, he's going to be our sufficiency for that day when that day comes. You know, it's like uh, I don't know anybody that could actually anticipate being – Johnny Erickson, you know, who's been paralyzed uh, for this great uh, many, many years, you know, since uh, her teenage years. And here, here's somebody who has learned to live in dependence upon God, suffers still, uh, you know, the aches and pains and everything, but uh, has this certain buoyancy about her that is infectious because Christ is that sufficiency for her. Yeah. One of my favorite passages that speaks to this idea of daily sufficiency in God's grace and mercy is found in the book of Lamentations, which is an interesting place because Lamentations is a book of grief and sorrow and brokenness. For crying out loud. Yeah, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you're ready to cry out loud, read Lamentations. But right there in chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, we read that the steadfast, Lord of the, uh, steadfast love of the Lord endures forever and that his mercies never come to an end. They are made new every morning, mm-hmm. which means God has custom fit the exact amount of mercy mm-hmm. you need for each day that he puts breath in your lungs. 
Right. So whatever failings, whatever faults, whatever circumstances, whatever anxieties are filling you this morning, God has already custom designed the exact fit of the mercy that you need to mm-hmm. be sufficient. Hebrews would say, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, so that would just be the New Testament grabbing step. Yep. of mm-hmm lamentations to to go forward um i find that when i'm praying for people that are going through difficulties one of the prayers going back to what jonathan was saying that i often have for them is that they would find god to be sufficient for the needs that they have in their life yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that to me is one of of the things that i'm not only praying for other people i'm praying for myself is that I would, I would realize the sufficiency of God for each of the moments that I, I'm asked to walk in. Mm-hmm. And the, the struggle of faith is to think that God is not sufficient. Yeah. And yeah. it takes trust to say, yeah. no, God is sufficient. Yeah. That's the great argument My, in live yeah. Genesis 3. Yeah. Right? God's not yeah. sufficient. He's keeping something from you. My dad's um, letterhead when I was growing up, he always had Jesus Christ, our Savior, our sufficiency in all things was written on the bottom of his letterhead, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, you know this ties to the I think in Matthew six the request of give us this day our daily bread, and in that request we're relying upon God to give us exactly what we need every day, and that uh, test or that that faith that we have that He is good, He knows what we need even before we need we know it. And he will do for us exactly what is best for us every day. He's a good father that loves to give good gifts to his children. Right. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.